It's amazing to talk to you. Your story is so incredible. And I, Lou and I both were, are, and I, people all over the world are so moved by it. And I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Um, so yeah, Lou. Um, yeah, so um, I want to welcome Pippa and Craig to the show. Um, obviously, the creators of um, My Octopus Teacher. Um, and the premise of In My Feels is um, thoughts, feelings, emotions on the inside create your outside exterior. So I want to ask you guys, how, how are you feeling today, right now? I'm feeling uh, quite overwhelmed by the response, I guess, to the film. Very grateful and very excited that people are, you know, can get so close to nature through a film. It's quite extraordinary that many of the things we worked so hard on getting through, people pick up these subtle details. So it's very exciting um, to feel that. But it is, uh, we didn't expect uh, this kind of reaction. So we are, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite, a, quite a thing to be on the tip of Africa and suddenly have the whole world kind of yeah. looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite a shock. It's really exciting and affirming wonderful but it's it's a strange life experience to have would you say that um because almost my favorite part of the documentary or the most i actually quoted you um and i wrote it down in in my notes on my phone um my favorite part of the documentary is that you say you realize that everyone is important and how vulnerable the lives are of these animals and how vulnerable all of our lives are. And I felt like that spoke so much to right now, especially what, what's going on in, in, in the world, not just, you know, how we're harming the oceans, you know, wildlife and, and, even with with the climate change and all the fires, it, all lives are so important. And I think that w- that was something that just really stuck out to me that that you said at the end. You know that how vulnerable these lives are, our lives are, uh, and it's and it's true. I think uh, it's great that you picked up on that. Uh, um, and that comes about, I think, when you get so close. Uh, to an animal, uh, you know, got so close to this animal that you 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 feel uh, for her so much, and then of course you get through her, you get close to all these other animals that are connected in the underwater forest, and even the tiny little snails, you you feel them, you feel the predators, you feel the sharks, and they're so vulnerable in their little eggs. And then you just you get the sense, uh, this absolute sense for, for our our vulnerability as life forms on the planet. You're dead right. For for people who haven't watched the documentary yet, what would you say drew you to go and 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 visit, continue to visit her, continue to go and see her every single day? What what did it start out as experimental to you where it ended up becoming more emotional? Because I, I, out of a lot of people know what it's like to have such a strong bond with an animal. Uh, I ride horses and, and horses are like my everything. And so I know how, I know how it feels to connect to, you know, 
an animal on a different level. Um, so what would you what what would you say you know drew you towards that and 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 going towards her every single day for because for people who haven't seen this you know you spent a whole year visiting this octopus what 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 drew you to do that from from the beginning so if you could imagine uh if you had um if you could only visit one horse mm-hmm. okay and you uh, had established this bond and only that horse would let you close to her and only that horse um, would let you a little bit into the secret lives of horses and you didn't know mm-hmm. if that relationship would last one day extra or one week and you were learning an enormous amount about the secret world of this incredible creature can you imagine the motivation to go each day to just learn more and more and more and be drawn deeper into that extraordinary world of this animal. Would you add to that? I think that was really good. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Did you come across a lot of other... Okay, my friend and I were talking about this. What's the plural word for octopus? Is it... What is the plural? It's it's octopuses. Okay, there it is. I was I was right. And she was like, I think it's yeah. octopi. I was like, Alexa, it is not octopi. <laughs> um, it can be uh, octopods. The what? It can be octopods, but more common is octopuses. Octopods. Okay, so did you octopi come across... Is not great. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, that does not sound right. Did you come across others while you were filming this or while you were doing it and was she she really was like the only creature you came across that you found this bond with were were there other octopuses around was she kind of a rare you know like was it rare to see an octopus at this you know how how did how did you find that one specific bond in such a, a a great wide span of a huge ocean i i can tell you I've been diving every day for four years now and we see octopuses all the time. Sometimes we'll see 20 octopus on one dive and not one of them has been engaging and open to us. Uh, You know, not one of us has been open to the kind of experience that Craig had. Yeah, it's most uh, of the octopuses that you come across, um, you know, are pretty scared of you. They want to get away. Some are inquisitive. Um, you see, the, 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 this great African sea forest is different to other parts of the world. So other parts of the world, octopus is actually sometimes more engaging. But because we've got so many predators here, it's very dense predators, these animals have to be very, very careful. So they see humans uh, as potential predators. So they will try and if they're, if they're doing some behavior and you just arrive there diving, they will almost certainly stop that and move away. Or if they're in their den, they will go deeper into the den. So when you get an animal to trust you, uh, you know, which is very unusual, uh, then the whole, whole situation changes. Lou, um, I don't know. Am I, am I talking? Do you want to go no, 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 absolutely. Um, I don't know if you've read that, that book, Craig, Man's Search for Meaning. Because uh, it, it felt to me, you know, because before you went diving, you, you said you needed a radical change um, in your life. And then, you know, dive this free diving that you brings you back to home and diving every day. And 
spiritually that felt to me like um, you were searching for meaning um, and then coming across the octopus is you're letting go of everything, you know, or the whole conditioning, everything else. Cause when you're diving, I mean, it's, you know, I do meditation. So meditation is focusing on one specific thing, whether, whether that's no mind or the breathing or any of that type of stuff. And when you're, to me, when you're free diving, it seemed like the only thing you could focus on was actually in that moment then and now, and then you coming across this incredible, um, this animal with, which, uh, super intelligent. And, um, I just want to dive back into the, the, the radical change and, you know, what, what made you get back into the water and every day and, and all that type of stuff. You're absolutely right. You know, in this water, especially without a wetsuit and with the cold, you can only but be present. And I think that's, I guess, the hard thing about, I'm sure you will know a lot of, more than I do, but about meditation is that it's hard to continually be present in the present moment. But it's quite easy in that cold water uh, and with that incredible life around you to be extremely present. So mm -hmm. by doing that on a regular basis, and the cold also changes your brain chemistry. So, um, you know, all those feel-good um, hormones rise in the brain. So you start feeling uh, better and better if you do it every day over a long period of time. Mm. Did you, um, I mean, because I know we saw smaller sharks and stuff. I mean, to be honest, when I was watching, I was like scared shitless of a big ass shark was going to come and like... Me too. I was like, you know, um, <laughs> and I know, Pippa, you said you've only been diving for four years. Yeah. So you was well, out there... I've been diving since I was a teenager, but I've been diving with no wetsuit for four years every day. Oh, wow. As a practice, I've been diving as a practice for four years. Yeah. And how was, um, I mean, the experience of seeing so many animals and, I mean, obviously someone who's never done that, that just looks like the most insane shit I've ever seen in my life, especially how cold the water is and all the especially, creatures around and swimming through a jungle underwater and all that type of stuff. It's just, I mean, it's definitely mind over matter for sure. I was just about to say the the type of creatures that you see within the film, it's almost kind of hard to believe that they're real. Even even, you know looking it's at like an octopus. Absolutely. And you know, in the beginning you mentioned how kind of an octopus is looked at kind of like an alien. And I I just looked at her as so beautiful. And um the first time she reached out for your hand. Um, I don't know why that, that made such an impact on me and, um, what watching your relationship build. And then also what's the feeling like when you do see a predator, you know, when you did see predators going towards her, knowing that that's, that's nature, you have to just watch it and let it happen because I'm sure it's really hard and, for you to even try to interfere with a shark or anything is, you know, uh, so how was that? How was that feeling? Like, was that almost like a helpless feeling of you not being able to stop the harm that, that, that can come in her way at any moment? Uh, uh, you know, it's a strange, uh, it's a strange thing. And I think people will agree with me. So, you know, you've only got 84 minutes in the film uh, to show what, uh, you know, to, to show a certain part of the story. But of course, you know, we're quite familiar with the sharks. We see those sharks laying their eggs. 
uh, we see how they struggle in their lives. We build up this, you know, this love for the predator as well. Do you agree? You know, you know. So you 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 build up this this tremendous bond with the with the octopus, but of course you build up the connection to the whole sea forest and to all these animals that are part of it, including the predators. You you fall in love with them as well. So. You as a human, you, you, there's no way you can start to interfere with this millions of years old system that is far more intelligent than you can ever be, think of being. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So it's not as simple as, oh my gosh, yeah, I must now uh, interfere or, or save her. You, it, it's a much bigger picture. Mm-hmm. But there is yeah. some conflict. I mean, it's always... Has has anyone spent um, a whole year with it with an animal before? In, I mean, in any nature documentary or, or film, or um, are you guys tempted to? Lots lot longer than that with animals, certainly on land. I mean, Lions. people spend years and years and years, especially yeah. with animals that live much longer. They've had you know enormous, be um, long uh, time periods with animals. As in in the in the wild, as in filming them and you know integrating with them every, every day and the intensity. Yeah, people will follow the same family of hyenas or wild dogs for yeah. three or four years. Yeah, got it. Okay, and they watch it much harder, obviously. Yeah. I think it's never shown because, you know, you always see the after ones of the nature documentaries and you see how hard the actual filmmakers work in getting this, the shots, but it's never the actual process of it. Whereas you guys define yeah. the actual process of it on a daily basis of what the animal is actually going through and what you guys are going through personally too, before and after diving. Um, I think it's super educational and I think that's why it's resonating so well with so many different people. Um, yeah. There was, um, there's a moment as well, which really impacted me was when the, the octopus lay on your chest and it almost oh. felt like she was feeling your heartbeat. Um, and obviously then she went on to lay eggs and, and, you know, nature takes its course. Um, which I thought was incredible. Sorry to cut you off. I thought it was incredible how she times her death. So her, her babies can be born and it's, it it, it was, it was such an incredible, I I don't know that part. I, I really started to cry when she was on your stomach and, and, and you're right, Lou. It felt. It looks like she's almost trying. She's feeling your for your heartbeat, and and that you really see that connection. And she's reaching up on your face. And I, I have a question. When you, because you don't go diving anymore, right? No, we no we, we dive every do. day. Every day. Right. Yeah. Okay. You, okay. So I read something. You stopped at the end. What it was like. Uh, but what do you ever go back to her den and 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 yeah. reminisce and and you know is there a certain energy that kind of has has lingered there what what's interesting is that um i mean we we often go back uh she had a few dens but there was a main den and uh often go back there and what's interesting is that and i've noticed this um, octopuses over generations go back to exactly the same place. And that den doesn't stay like that nice cave when after she 
uh, dies, it, it fills up the sand and there's nothing there. But they go back and they make the same den in exactly the same place. And it's a bit of a mystery why that happens. Um, so I've seen a few generations since then um, of animals going back to that same same place. Wow. Do you do you do you think that I remember at the end? I love when you take your son to the spot to to show him. You know how much this all means to you, and and really, you know what to open his perspective on life. And he finds this little teeny tiny octopus, this baby octopus. Um, and I, I'd like to think, as well as I'm sure you guys would like to think, that that was that was her baby. Um, and I was wondering, do you think you, you have come across, like, and do you think, what are, what are the possibilities of, of, of survival of them staying in the same areas of them? Um, like you said, going back to their, back to her, their den, what are the possibilities of her young still being in that area? I mean, I think there is a possibility, I think. The, the chances of that one baby octopus being the one is oh, very, very hard to say. Yeah. No. But I just think, out of. I don't know how to give you some away. perspective, uh, so they have between 100,000 and 500,000 eggs, and maybe, maybe only, say, five of those would ever survive till adulthood. So that's. I remember you saying that. Uh, 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 so it's an enormously uh, low survival rate um but there certainly could be a chance uh that we have come across uh one of her descendants descendants but we obviously never know that that would be really cool um how was your relationship towards um animals before the documentary and then uh, during and after um, cause I know we as human species always see ourselves separate from nature when we're, you know, when we're all one, we all came from the same source. So I'd love to dive in on, on your kind of aspect of that now. So the, the, the difference between, uh, before and after the experience of being so close to an animal like that, how's my relationship with other animals? Is that what you were asking? Yeah. So, um, could you mention in the, in, um, in the documentary, you know, your relationship bef- towards animals before meeting the octopus and then your relationship yes. afterwards. Um, I'd like to dive yes. in on th- th- those kind of examples. Yes. So, I mean, I was, I'm far more sensitized now um, to animals' lives and how, as, as uh, Noah was saying, how sort of precious they are. Um, and, on land as well. I mean, it's uh, I, I, even domestic animals. Uh, my relationship with our, we've got a, a, a three cats has changed. Um, it just, when you get inside um, that animal's life, in secret life, and it's just, um, like you were saying, uh, I think Noah was saying also, the animals seem so fantastical, but when you see their behaviors and what they have to do to survive and how... Uh, wild and crazy their lives are um, you you just can't help but um, you know realize that they, they they're so they're so precious and and also the fact that this biodiversity that we have you know as you get closer to this whole system and you see how it's all working 
the, the you realize that this biodiversity is completely woven into your own existence and that that biodiversity is keeping us alive as well. So you become more empathic. Uh, I think you call it, uh, what is that word you call it? Uh, what? Compassion? Uh, something ecology. Emotional ecology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that's kind of what we're looking at is what does this emotional relationship with the natural world mean from an ecological point of view? What would you say the feeling is like before, you know, deciding to do your first free dive? Is that, is that a scary feeling? Is that, you know, what, what was that like doing your first free dive? Um, I'm not quite sure what you mean. You mean the very first time we went in? Yeah. Well, what's that feeling like? I mean, I, I You've think you've never done it. Yeah, yeah, because we've never done it before, so we I wouldn't know oh, either how to start, okay, where okay, to start. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for us, uh, it's a, it's almost a hard question to answer, and maybe we can both sort of answer it. Um, so I've been diving since I was three years old, so I can't even hardly remember the first time. So it's wow. like uh, it's like um, you know, it's brushing your teeth. It's, it's just that uh, that's my underwater home, and that's where I go every day. But I, we take in a lot of people that have never dived before, and of course, it's uh, normally is quite frightening. The kelp forest itself and all that movement and what is there is frightening. It looked people, frightening but, at nighttime. Uh, that, yeah, uh, they, even we are frightened at nighttime. I, I that's, was that's all very for us. I could not and believe I mean, that that you were down there at nighttime. I was like, oh my god! Um, uh, and and so it, it, it was a calm day. We feel you know incredibly relaxed, more relaxed actually than on land. But like today, I went in with my son, and there's a massive Atlantic storm. There's a huge, huge, huge waves. And we went body surfing in these monster waves where the kelp forest was being broken up and thrown over us. And that's quite scary, the, the, the wild water, when you get the, the big storms coming in. And we go, the commitment is still every day. So that can be a bit frightening uh, at times. And especially when you, when, you, when you start going with no wetsuit, the first probably year and a half, I'd have a lot of anxiety, a lot of resistance to the cold before I went in. You kind of dread how it. Cold, how cold was that water? But the year I started, it was 12 to 14 degrees. Yeah. So you wanted in Fahrenheit, so that's probably about 50 degrees. And, 50 and, and 55. you said it was about, what was it, when you were, when you were um, in the documentary, you said it, it, was, it was even colder, right? Yeah, and it does get colder. And it also depends which side of the coast you're diving on. What, what would you say... Uh, diving or does for your mental health or what what does a day without going feel like do you feel do you feel a little off do you feel less less you know able to like go about your day and do you feel more clear-headed because I know I know with me like I'm a different person if I if I get out and I ride my horse in the morning so does that kind of like prepare you for your day how does that like control your energy or, or, or kind of, you know, make yeah, you I mean, feel I exactly to 
is is that what you do it for you know every day just is is that what clears your mind keeps your your mental health in a good state yeah it's it's a practice so that's exactly what it is and uh certainly sometimes we dive in the morning and sometimes we dive in the afternoon i definitely have a better day once i've been in the water and if i have a few days without going in which if i'm sick or if the sea's too rough or I don't feel good. My, my, my mind starts to get very, very foggy the, the longer I'm away from the ocean. Absolutely. So, I mean, there are, there are actually proven, uh, you know, uh, chemical changes that happen in the brain um, when, you, when you go into the cold water. There's quite, they're quite radical changes, and those changes do make you feel, um, you know, that your anxiety levels drop down, you feel... Um, more peaceful, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure there's probably uh, the same thing with your horses. There's probably a whole lot of things, or if you're going out into nature, there's a whole lot of things totally. that are happening that uh, it's, it's not just a pure mental thing. There's actually probably some brain chemistry involved as well. How did you feel um, after the octopus laid her eggs and, and you knew that she would would be dying soon uh yeah i mean it's uh uh, uh <laughs> you can imagine are uh, you sort of having to sort of brace yourself for that um experience and it was um difficult uh very difficult but i knew that was coming you know i knew the uh this 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 thing you talk about it's called the uh, Many animals actually have that. They time their deaths. Uh, many insects do that as well. Uh, so it was no uh, surprise, uh, and I had you know prepared myself for it and so on. I'm sure it was really hard to watch. Go ahead. If if she can feel like she's losing her strength faster than the eggs are uh, developing, she can send them a chemical signal and tell them to hurry up. Wow. She doesn't die before they hatch. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I'm sure it was very hard also to to watch her just be taken away by sharks at, at, at the end. That that part, you know, she, she turns white and she, you know, uh, I love, I, I, it's such a, it's an experience Lou or myself and I'm sure many of the people watching will never get to experience is watch the circle of life up close and personally experience it the way that you did. Um, watching her hatch her eggs and that circle restart her, her, her life almost restarting. Um, well, I may, may I disagree with you, Noah, in a, in a way, in that, um, because, you know, a lot of people ask, well, how can we, you know, get close to nature? We live in a city or whatever. But if you, you know, if you, uh, for instance, um, had to start really observing the birds in your area, or uh, you don't have to be underwater, if you had to just focus on a, a certain insect uh, that lives near you, and sure, I mean, you may not want to or have the time to dedicate, but you don't actually even need that much time. If you had to just do that on a daily basis for a while and become fascinated and a bit curious, you could easily tap into uh, that cycle of life and see that insect laying eggs and the, 
youngsters coming out and the whole you know, uh, process uh, of transformation. So you could actually do that even if you were in a big city. It is actually possible. Uh, might just be a little bit, uh, bit harder. I might just wait till I'm in South Africa so you guys can, <laughs> can take me. <laughs> there, um, there was a bunch of uh, scenes, especially that, I mean, I've never seen an octopus in that light or educationally the way you guys portrayed it. So I want to commend you guys. It was mind blowing. Um, and it also put a difference, you know, I've, I've eaten octopus before. Like I like, you know, and since watching that, I, I feel I, I won't do that anymore. It's a highly intelligent species. I've seen them in aquariums, in these small tanks. Um, and I'm just, I'm just like, mind blown at how intelligent they are and how adaptable they are in such a short period of their lives. Um, I'd, I'd love for you guys to touch a little bit on that and, and on, on, you know, the, it feels like they just adapt to their whole scenario. So with Craig, you guys going in the water, the, the, the octopus adapted to living around when you guys were there and filming every day and, you know, dodging um, sharks and this and trying to look for food and having, ba- it's, it's like they, they, live in the now the the animal and it's learning on the spot especially with a point when you know the octopus had uh, built some armor to protect herself from the um from the shark and the shark gets on the shark's back and i feel like i've seen that somewhere before in another nature show i i have Um, right uh, Uh, (laughs) um, so um we did a piece for blue planet 2 that's right um uh, that had that armoring behavior. That's maybe where, where you've seen that. Uh, and we had a, had a wonderful experience, but it was just a very short sequence um, that you know, we had a, um, a great experience working with, uh, with uh, that team. And um, yeah. we, we still are continuing to do work uh, with them. But octopuses are, they're, they're, they're learning and they're strategizing all the time. And they have a whole lot of evolutionary memory built into them as a species. So they've been living in this kelp forest for millions and millions of years. So during that time, they've learned these ways of protecting themselves from predators. And one of them is, is the kelp ball. One of them is uh, the shell armoring. Climbing on the back of an animal is actually something that you see all over the world. I've seen <laughs> photographs of dolphins on the back, sorry, octopuses on the backs of dolphins or covering a dolphin's blowhole. So, that's something that's just been passed on generationally somehow. But then within the individual animal as well, they make mistakes, they learn from those mistakes, and they adapt their behavior. They, they, they definitely have a memory. They definitely have a sense of the space around them. They can drill a hole in a shell and get it wrong and try again and try again. And the next time they have that same shell, they know exactly where to drill. So that they can almost learn geometry. That's amazing. Wait, did you, you said that... Yeah you've seen octopuses on the back of dolphins covering the blowhole. In, in photographs, not in, in real photographs. Life. What, what would that be for? So that's exactly the same thing. Uh, it, it, they, they are so clever, uh, Lou, that they can, they know that the safest place away from the teeth and of the predator is on its back. Ah. And, and, it, and that animal cannot then get to it. Um, so it will actually, I think there's a case uh, of a dolphin actually being killed by an octopus because it got over the blowhole and it could not, the, the, the dolphin couldn't breathe. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm under correction, but I think that actually happened. Wow, that's incredible. 
I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't know that octopuses, is it all octopus, uh, octopuses uh, species that live for a year? Is there, a, is that yeah. kind of? Three, three to five. So three to five is the big um, giant Pacific octopus mm-hmm. uh, live longer. So the really big Look octopus me, species that you got in the north uh, uh, live longer. And uh, it depends. I mean, there are many, many species, but a lot of them live only a year or two. So, um, Bulgaris, which is maximum about a year and a half. I mean, Let's talk about uh, me or you. I know. You go now. Um, what was your relationship that you had with your son during the documentary uh, since he also free dives? What, what, what did that relationship, do you think that, that, that grew your relationship? Oh, enormously. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I, I, we went down today together um, and, and it's a, it was a howling, crazy, wild, stormy Atlantic of raining, freezing water. And, you know, he, he was just so joyous. I mean, so joyous together and going into that wild water together. You can imagine uh, what that does. These, these experiences in nature... Um, bond you in a way that's, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to describe how powerful they are. To to get kind of normalized with, with how shockingly cold the water is, does that take like just like a certain amount of like breathing until you get super normal and, and it almost starts to the feeling of that piercing ice cold water? Is, is there something you do to... to heat your body up or is there kind of you just wait for the natural shock of the cold water to go away (laughs) (laughs) there are breathing techniques but what you find is every human being actually has this ability to to deal with much more extreme cold than we realize but you have to go in slowly and you have to increase your time in the water slowly so maybe the first day you'll go in for 10 minutes and the next day you'll go in for 15 minutes. And then maybe you'll go in for 20 minutes for a month. It took me about six months, maybe about three months to get to the point where I can do an hour and about six months to a point where it was comfortable. Wow. And is the, is the free diving? She went very fast. She went much faster than I did. So <laughs> I took much longer, much longer to get up to those times. Pippa had to ramp everything up and she's probably a stronger mind than I do. So it took me a lot longer to uh, get used to the water um, like that. Was the is the, the not wearing the wetsuit is that for safety reasons? Because you, you, I mean, you'd look like a seal or all that type of, or is it purely just by personal choice? It just feels better when you're when you're swimming. <laughs> Craziness. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just personal choice of uh, trying to feel closer to that environment, and also what you guys were asking earlier, like that daily practice, if you go without the suit, you just feel way better, even though it's colder and you have to endure it a bit. I'm sure uh, you feel uh, just more close to nature. You do, you do. But the, the, the actual effect on the body and mind is, is much more extreme. But, but there are a whole lot of neurological chemicals that get released into your brain. And then there's also this thing where, you know, you can – it's quite hard to turn your brain off sometimes, but if the water is freezing cold, it just blasts through any distracting thoughts that you mm-hmm. might have in your head. And that's a, sure. actually a big relief. Yeah. 
And there's was, the first and just 30 the seconds. Feeling, the feeling the uh, you can actually feel the, you know, slight temperature changes in the water. You can feel the uh, the kelp. You can feel vibrations, which is uh, really important. Yeah, um, it's just uh, um, you can move better, um, that kind of thing. I was, I one of my favorite parts of the whole documentary is your relationship of showing your son how important it is, you know, to be connected with nature. Because my dad, um, you know, we're not cool and from South Africa. But we have we have fields and deer and um, the horses and um, my dad and I, you know, when we see a deer or wildlife on our farm, we we try to keep them on our farm so that the the hunters in the area won't won't shoot them. And my dad and I kind of we've always just if we see a deer or it's nighttime and we see an animal that, you know, whatever that is, we'll always turn off the car or turn off the dirt bike or turn off the four-wheeler and just sit and watch and not talk and not interrupt. And we just sit and watch. And my dad, the way he raised all of us was to appreciate and, and want to protect nature. You know, so we would buy salt blocks and and corn and sprinkle it around on our farm so that they wouldn't go over to the neighbor's house and 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 possibly get shot. And and I think that's where I I wanted to ask you the question of how hard is it for you to stand back and and not be able to protect these animals whenever you see nature coming in because you know sometimes you want to interfere and you want to be able to help them, but nature's nature and and you know you just kind of have to let it take its own course i think so i'm going to try to answer this one i think when it's happening within nature it, it's not so disturbing because it's it's just part of that world but what does get upsetting is when you see spear fishermen going in and, and coming out with like a beautiful red roman fish and you know that that, that animal if it's this size it must be 20 years old already and it's probably the only male in its area. Uh, and that can be quite heartbreaking. Um, For sure. Or if you see people going out and catching octopuses. And I mean, I, I've eaten octopus as well. I'm sure you have as well when you were young. But now that we've had all of these magical experiences and we've become so emotionally attached, it is really disturbing. But, but also, I mean, I think what, what you know... Uh, and, and Lou, we, you realize also, and, and this has been sort of part of my teaching, is it's, it's very easy to feel, oh, well, you know, we nature lovers and we're doing all these good things. Um, but you, when you start analyzing your own life and you start seeing, the, you know, all the equipment we have and the cameras, etc., and our lifestyle, we, the, the finger points back at the self. Because we, we, we all, uh, at the moment, almost every single person on the planet is involved in some way in the, the demise of the natural world. Um, so <laughs> you've got to be very, very careful to point fingers at other people um, because we, we all need to seriously look at our lifestyles and think, okay, how can we come together and how are we going to start to... Uh, 
have a different plan for the natural world. How are we going to how are we going to increase biodiversity? How are we going to regenerate natural systems? Uh, because um, the, the the current uh, way that we're all functioning is not uh, sustainable. Mm-hmm. Right. I I have a solution. It's um, take away men and let women lead. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I was gonna. Idea. I was gonna say. I like that idea. Sounds like a good idea. You mentioned. Um, you mentioned describing needing a radical change in your life and spiritually in the beginning. You know, um, going back to your roots and starting to dive again. Do you think you were searching for m- meaning or something more to life whenever you first started up again and? How, how do you feel like you changed from, from when you first started to dive again to, to, to now? So, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've been working way too Did you hard. find that change? Was, oh, yeah, a huge change. So, I mean, I was pretty burnt out when I started. And then I slowly just started swimming every day, just to swimming, not even, you know, uh, diving too much. Uh, for about a year, and then slowly started feeling all these changes that you've, you know, mentioning and talking about. And then, of course, getting closer to these animals, and then, you know, meeting this incredible octopus. And then slowly, uh, this whole process, I felt an enormous transformation, an enormous curiosity and energy building up uh, inside that was uh, very, very exciting. Um. Well, uh, I think one last question, um, just because um, I, I want to know what's next from you guys. I mean, I lo- the documentary was, it's, it's literally probably the best documentary I've ever seen. Uh, genuinely. Yeah, in terms genuinely. of, you know, because in, in documentaries I see, it's always a separation of, ma- you know, humans and, and nature. And you're just describing what the nature is and not really the feeling of the person who's shooting or spending time with the, with the animals. Um, you know, what's next? What is there anything coming? Is there anything we can expect? Is there, you know, my octopus teacher part two or three? (laughs) (laughs) The the irony about making a film about your or your friend's connection to nature is it it pulls you out of nature a little bit. So I think uh, for me anyway, and Craig will answer for himself, but just taking a bit of time out now to kind of settle back into that practice, going into the natural world every day and, and, and having the experiences that gave us the energy and the love and whatever it is that's running through that film and touching people's hearts and really giving ourselves some space to reconnect with that thing. That's, that's really important now. So I think that um, it's a wonderful question. We will be looking to, to, to nature as our teacher, I mean, as in a, in a bigger sense, to see really what she will want um, to bring out. We've got ideas and lots of interesting footage, but we will actually be really looking to her, I think, uh, for, for what may be next. I hope that sort of answers it. But another thing that's really important for us is this, this place that we dive in every day, the Great African Sea Forest. Um, Something that we were hoping to do with the film was to get people to fall in love with an environment that they hadn't seen before and probably don't know very much about. Um, Because the more people that care about it on a global level and in South Africa, uh, the the more people will be dedicated to protecting it and motivating 
motivated to protecting it. That's you know when you when you love something, you just want to make sure that it's going to be around for your children and your children's children. Amazing. So, yeah, that's um, work. I, I just, I just one more question. Um, I have a, a eleven-month-old daughter, and I know Craig. You, you said my you, my goddaughter. You, <laughs> sorry, have to mention that every time. And every Craig, time, you, my goddaughter. Free diving at three years old. How can I implement that? Please teach me your ways. Freya's going in the pool. <laughs> She's already in the pool. Well, we're going to the beach. Uh, just take, yeah, start taking her down uh, to the ocean uh, and just you know placing her in there. And obviously, you're going to have to learn, uh, uh, you know, just to be comfortable in that water to take her in and just just yeah. start doing it. Craig taught Tom by putting him and on you his back. No, I'm going to have her on a horse. <laughs> yeah, I'm so already going to have her on a horse's back. Hopefully, I mean, you know, by the time whatever, she's two. whatever it doesn't need to be the ocean. It can be any connection to nature. That's the point. You know, the ocean is a wonderful place, but it's you know, it's not everybody's um, space. So if it's a horse or the you know wild animals or insects or plants, trees, it doesn't matter. Oh. She she loves flowers. Like she goes like every flower we see, we have to stop and say hello to the to the flower. Um, and she's always digging in the garden and on the trees. And she knows when a leaf falls on the floor and it's brown that it comes from from the tree above. So I think that's her her space. But my wife's a swimmer. I'm not. I'm not the swimmer. I'm more of a dip your toe in type of person. You know, stay safe. <laughs> I, I have to say really quick, my sister's boyfriend and my best friend's dad. They're both from South Africa, and they loved the documentary. Wow. And I think, I think more than more than anyone, my best friend's dad would be so mad at me if I didn't say that he loved the documentary. And my best friend was freaking out whenever she found out that you guys were on the podcast today. And so was her dad. And um, they've like been my family forever. And he's been trying to get me to come over to South Africa with them. So I hopefully one day we'll be over there with them. And maybe we can go swimming. Wonderful <laughs> <laughs> to meet you, and we thank thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it very much. We both appreciate this wonderful meeting you, and I can feel your yeah, deep connection with nature. So, um, yeah. you know, thank you so much. Really appreciate thank it. You. Very, very much. Thank Bless you for being on the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Happy diving. Bye. Bye. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.